Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly O'Horo, and this is Adaptable Behavior Explained. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm really excited to have you here today, specifically because my dear friend and colleague is joining us to talk about a very important concept, uh, meditation and mindfulness, but specifically MBSR, mindfulness-based stress reduction. And so I'm going to hear from her. We're going to talk about how this can change your life and some specific applications that you can use uh, as a beginner or a way to improve your uh, meditation practice as she's going to discuss with us today. So thanks for tuning in. Without further ado, Julie, please go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Um, I have been a counselor for 25 years. I've been an EMDR therapist for 22 of those years. Um, I'm a EMDR facilitator, so I teach basic. I'm an RTEP GTEP trainer. RTEP GTEP is for recent traumatic episodes. Um, I'm also an MBSR teacher, which is one of the things I'm really proud of because um, meditation and mindfulness um, works really well on its own and especially really well with um, EMDR in helping people um, be more in control of themselves and to be able to handle stress. Wonderful. So you get you gave the audience a mouthful of acronyms and yes. everything else. And I think it's important for us to dive in a little bit to the specifics of those things. Mm -hmm. So what that really means, everybody, is she's extensively qualified to be here and tell us a whole lot about about her craft. And uh, another important piece of this story is she's been my mentor since I started this profession. And I'm really grateful to have had you in my corner and to get to learn from you all these years and continue getting to learn from you and be in this in this journey together. So I'm I'm ever so grateful to have someone like you in my life, but your expertise is just fabulous. And the training that you went through to become qualified to be an MBSR teacher is pretty extensive. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I want to make sure our viewers understand meditation is not just throwing on an app three minutes a day necessarily, although that's a great start. Yeah. There's a whole lot more that you were required to learn and a lot of hoops you had to jump through to, to really become an expert or a master at this topic. So can you tell us what that training was like? Yeah. So, so that MBSR training um, does take a long time and it's, it's very interesting because I've been meditating for, for a long time and I meditated before I took the MBSR class. So the MBSR class is an eight week class that has a full day um, retreat. So I took this back in 2018 and when I started, it was like, oh, this is it. This is perfect. This is what I want to do. I want to become a teacher, right? And then after I got out of that, it was like, wow, there's a lot that you have to do to be a teacher. And I was like, mm, I was looking at my life at that point in time, and, um, and it wasn't the right fit. But I continued to meditate. And um, then things just fell into place, right, as they do. And so after that first eight-week course, you take a second eight-week course, and um, they also ask if you're going to do teacher training that you've done at least two, five to seven day silent retreats. When she told me silent retreat, I was like, the whole time? You don't talk <laughs> at all? Right. By yourself, in your own mind, in the own spinning, like the, the, the chaos that exists in my mind. I, I couldn't have imagined at the time doing that to myself 
<laughs> and I think that you're, you've been so inspirational to me, uh, because of your experience and your candor and sharing with me. So tell us, tell us what a silent retreat's like. So, um, a silent retreat is, is so amazing, at least for me, because what you do is, is you get there and you are actually silent for the whole seven days. There might be a couple of times where you talk because you also, um, work in service with the other people at retreat. So you help with like cleaning up the tables or, or, or anything like that. But it's all, it's always just, um, very quiet, very neat to know. And you also, um, don't necessarily have a lot of eye contact, which was very interesting for me because um, as a counselor, there's a lot I see. So to have um, a break from that, that, that's kind of a requirement, really helped me to regulate. So very intentional communication, very intentional exchanges in that space that you were in. Right. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about for example, John Kabat-Zinn's work with his influence and and bringing MBSR and and meditation to Western culture and what makes him different. Okay, so um, John Kabat-Zinn started what what looks like MBSR now back in nineteen seventy nine, so about forty four years ago, and he he started working with the um, University of Massachusetts Medical Center because he noticed that there were there was a lot of people with stress and pain and heart conditions that weren't getting better, right. right? That were still really suffering. So he started the MBSR course to help these people learn that they have much more control than they think, right? And so he developed this program. And since he developed it, it's been researched about how effective it is and how helpful it is for people. Um, so there's research, there's lots of um, anecdotal information about it as well. And what it does is, is it helps people become, enhance their awareness moment to moment, right? Without judgment. Right. Because people get, we all get into a very habitual patterns that aren't always healthy for us. And we're not connected. We're not, you know, we're not connected to our bodies. And so many of, of us as humans are walking around as human doings, not human beings. And it wasn't what we were meant for. And I know that as a therapist with our EMDR therapy, so much of it has to do with dropping back into the present moment awareness and in, and being in your body and recognizing when something happens that creates a reaction in you that you noticed your heart racing or your muscles tightening or the the hands clenching or things that happen in our bodies that, that are autonomic and that we don't plan for. I love that meditation brings people back into that awareness of their bodies. And it's ever so needed, especially in this day and age with all of our distractions and the speed at which we're being required to move through the world. So right. I so love it, that. it takes us kind of out of that trance state. Right. And the thing that 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 I think is a big misconception with meditation and mindfulness is that people say, well I've tried it and I haven't been successful because I can't get my mind to calm. What's success? <laughs> and <laughs> and of course you can't get your mind to calm because minds don't calm. I mean that's not what minds do that not what meditation does, right? It's about that moment-to-moment awareness. And our thoughts are going to move us away all the time. Right. 
And the thing that happens in meditation is that you realize that your thoughts have moved away mm-hmm. and you bring them back without judgment, right? And it's that bringing them back without judgment again and again and again. No matter how long you've been meditating, you're always going to be bringing your thoughts back again right. and again and again. And that helps to grow gray matter in your brain. It helps to strengthen the, the vagus nerve. Tell us about the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve is a nerve that runs from our brain all the way down our back. So it's, it's, it touches everything, right? And so they've done research on meditators that by paying attention to the breath, which is one of the many forms of meditation Mm -hmm. that you'll learn um, in an MBSR class, helps you to calm, right? And so there are ways just with paying attention to your breathing and and specific ways of breathing that will engage your vagus nerve, which will calm down your whole nervous system. It gives your body that cortisol and adrenal vacation. Yeah. In such such an easy uh, moment and a simple practice when there are not expectations about outcome. Mm -hmm. How many times have you heard a client go, I can't meditate, I'm not good at it? Right, right. And what is what is good at it? Yeah, right? what, what is, is good, good at it? it? And and I think and I think the good thing to know is that it's a practice, right? You're not going to sit down mm-hmm. and meditate the first time and be like, oh, I've got this, right? We we practice it, right? And you know, I've been practicing for a long time, and there are times I don't do it well, and there are times that I do it well. When and you say when I don't do it well or I do it well, differentiate so, for us. What does that mean to you? So. And, and actually, as I say that, I think, well, that's probably not the right wording. Fix right? it. Tell me. Right. So the word, mm-hmm. so, so meditation is a practice, right? And, and in a perfect world, I would have all the time to meditate. And I don't. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Right. Because the time I take to meditate is, is the best time, right? So I have a teacher who says, you know, the only bad meditation is the one you don't do. Right. So it's just about feeling your importance and taking that time to and feeling your down. presence in the world. Yeah. And just your space that you hold and you can ground in. Yeah. How has formal meditation practice changed your life and your probably your brain? What I mean, we we know research shows actually that there are three ways we can actually physically change the physiology of our brain. One is EMDR therapy, one is meditation and one is yoga. So it's all about this mindful the mind, mind body connection. Right. And mind, it changed, it physically changes. If we saw spec scans before and after someone practiced those things, we would see significant clinical difference in those pictures. Mm-hmm. And so I always recommend that clients do meditation in conjunction with our EMDR therapy. But what I recognize was in my earlier career, some hypocrisy with that because I wasn't practicing what I was preaching. Well, you know? so, so, and, and you're a perfect example, if you don't mind me going this way, because Go for it. you have one of the busiest brains of anyone I know. <laughs> and I remember initially when I told you I was going to go on a silent retreat and you were like, no, 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 no way. And then you finally decided to do it. And you were lucky enough to do a retreat with John Cabot. Yeah. Then. So, so what was that like for you? To learn to be with all of those thoughts. Right. And what I know is that you've also continued your meditation since then. Right. So tell me a little bit about uh, that. So it's funny. I really encourage people to lean into the discomfort 
And I am an expert at being a human doing and busying myself so much that I can stay right out of my body for, for weeks at a time if I'm not <laughs> careful. And, and it's, it's had its purpose, but it also, it costs me a lot to not be present and, and to have my brain be so fast. I have a pretty extreme case of ADHD and it's just, it's hot. My brain is hot. I have scans to, to prove it. And, uh, so when we were, my husband and I were talking about the thing we were going to do that year for our own personal growth and our connection and everything else, we decided we were going to go to a meditation retreat and John Kabat-Zinn was still doing them. In fact, I think he still does, uh, you know, once in a while. And I thought I got to go there if we're going to do it. And just signing up made me cry because I thought, how am I going to be still in my own brain for seven days? There, there is no way I want to be that close to the busyness of my chaotic brain for that long. And so, of course, that's what tells me, then this is exactly what you need to go do. Because yeah. if you're that scared of something, you need to lean into it. So a little bit about that. Um, so we go, it's beautiful. It was at the Rhinebeck in uh, Northern New York, or not quite upstate, but you know, mm-hmm. North of Manhattan. And it was a beautiful setting. It was a uh, very simplistic, you know, a uh, place, but perfect, perfect because all of the outside world was away. Our phones were off and put away. And I remember I'm a very good student. I can follow the directions. And I thought, I'll fake it till I make it, but I'm going to just do everything they say. And it took until about the third day. And we're talking, we're meditating from 6.30 or 7 in the morning until 9 and 10 at night with just breaks to eat and walk around. And these meditations were both sitting and walking and lying and all kinds of different meditations. Uh, And I remember by the third day, I was doing a walking meditation and something shifted in me that I had never felt before that was akin to euphoria. Mm-hmm. And I remember like just this settling that I've never experienced in my own brain and body. And after when we were at lunch, I told, I told Pat, I was like, something happened to me today that I've never felt before. And I could cry. Um, it was so welcome. Mm-hmm. It was so welcome. Cause, cause that day, um, I knew that I could be in my mind and I liked what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. And I never slowed down enough, yeah. you know, to know that. Right. And so that, and you that. can tell that this is an impactful experience if you choose to do it for yourself, because right. and it's, it's just so powerful when you adopt it and you just surrender. Right. And you don't even have to do a five day silent retreat. I mean, that's, that's part of the training, but the, but the MBSR class has, um, a full day silent retreat. Right. right? So it's like eight hours, um, where, you know, I work with students and that's always the day people are like struggling or, or having trouble with it, or it's not making sense to them. And when they come back from the full day, they're just amazing. They're just like, Oh, it all makes sense because what happens is they're able to settle. Right. They're able to be friends with their minds. They're able to be friends with their body. They're able to understand that they have that space mm-hmm. between reacting and responding, mm-hmm. which is something that, that we talk about in EMDR and right. in yoga. It's and, all about and, increasing and in that space. Right. It's increasing that space. And the space is nanoseconds. Mm-hmm. 
But to have the felt sense belief that mm-hmm. you can get yourself there, mm-hmm. it's so empowering. Yeah. It's so it was, empowering. It was, it was like life-changing. And I knew that this was going to be the difference maker. I've done so much EMDR therapy over the years in my own work. And, and I just wanted to up the ante. And I wanted to do something that would require me better self-care that I could put in my calendar. And they talked, they talked about that at the retreat, you know, like this, this will go away if you don't practice, you know, you have to practice this. And whether it's three minutes or whether it's 30 minutes a day, you deserve to practice this quiet space in your own mind. And I, I can feel on the days that I don't just slow down, even if for 10 minutes, which I, I tend to do between 10 and 30 minutes each morning mm-hmm. before I touch my phone, before I do anything else. Uh, because I know that once I get moving, I'm off to the races and, and it's a, it's a low likelihood that I'm going to slow back down enough to get into that space. So I, I, it's, it's changed my life for sure. And I've even had feedback from colleagues and mentors that have said, something's different about you. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a, such a less of a frenetic energy about my need to move through the world that I am so grateful for. Yeah. So I want to ask you, for those listeners who have concerns because they are religious and they do not want to do anything that could negatively impact their spirituality or their faith. Um, tell me a little bit about someone who's a who's a believer and might be a little bit reluctant or scared to become a meditator. So what I want to say to those people of faith is that they in some way already are meditators because Prayer. they have that quiet time yeah. with their God, with with whoever there are. And, and mindfulness based stress reduction is not religious in any way. It's, it's very secular. It's just about teaching us to connect with ourselves, right. To be able to understand what's happening in our body, to understand what, what's happening, um, in our reactions. Right. And, and there's, there's no religious bent to it at all. And again, for, for if anything, it's, it's, the proof of the biology of humanity. Right. It's the, it's so science-based. Right. And there's so much evidence about the physiology of our bodies when we slow down that, that is backed now in the medical community, thanks to John Kabat-Zinn and Mm -hmm. his research and bringing it to what Eastern cultures knew forever. Finally, you know, it becomes more commonplace and known and respected in in Western cultures because there's the science that talks about the body now. Yeah. And, and I, and, you know, MBSR is, is, is really science-based, you know, and it's based on research. It's not, it's not affiliated with, with any religious beliefs. So there's no uncomfortable connection with being able to be calm in yourself and be solid with your spirituality. That congruence of closer to myself yeah. actually in most faiths brings me closer to God. Yes. And I've, so I think that there's I've, a beautiful, um, you know, a beautiful part of that connection to slow down and be more present in self. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Julie, thank you so much for taking this time to discuss this really important, in my words, or in my um, experience, life-changing topic. Uh, I appreciate all that you have done to become another gifted teacher in the world for this concept and idea, bringing this to others. Um, We offer, you know, she offers mindfulness-based stress reduction courses, so you can see the link below. These are things that you can do with, with us here at Infinite. Uh, either in person or hybrid. So see the link below if you'd like to be in this this most uh, recent class or this next class. 
But hopefully you learned a little bit about the importance of meditation, about slowing down, about taking the time to get more present and grounded with self. It serves our mind. It serves our body. It'll improve relationships when we can slow down and be more present and connect it. It improves our health. And so for all those reasons, I hope you challenge yourself to give it a try. And um, a little bit is better than none. And it's always about progress, not perfection. And it is a practice. So every day is going to look different in your meditation experience. So hopefully you give it a shot. If you'd like to learn more, you can visit us at our website again at the link below. And otherwise, thank you so much for being with us today. I hope that you lead with love. It'll never steer you wrong.